Welcome back, friends and foes. You're back with Trauma Drama. Um, I'm Kaylee and this is Nick and we're back for episode two. We decided, we didn't know which direction we were going last time, but we decided to come back. So we're here. We're happy to be here with you. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. (laughs) That's Nick. That's me. Yeah, I'm Nick. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Well, we wanted to give you a little bit more information about us because we realized last time we kind of jam through all of the the big information about us. So um, important things to get started with is my name's Kaylee. You already know that because I said that, but I grew up in San Diego, California. I have a bachelor's degree in psychology. I have a master's degree in counseling. Um, I work right now in higher education. Specifically, I do crisis and emergency response intervention. Um, Who I am, I am a white, cisgendered, educated, bisexual, woman hold for applause um and <laughs> i have complex fucking trauma oh uh, yeah nick. thank you thank you so i'm nick um <laughs> i already said that too but you know <laughs> you gotta do it um i also grew up in san diego california uh, i'm just gonna basically go through like my resume so i've pretty much got it nailed <laughs> so uh sports has carried me throughout my life um i i ended up playing college football out in idaho came back home graduated in San Diego um, with a bachelor's degree in criminology. So I really wanted to be a cop at first. I got really far down that, failed a couple polygraphs, but then I got into background checks. <laughs> so uh, the sheriff's department was going to hire me. And then I said, no, I don't think I want this for my life, but still wanted to help people. So then I moved to the fire department, worked down in San Diego with them, decided I didn't like that either. So now I'm transitioning to education. So I am currently in a teaching credential and a master's program where I'll be getting a master's in education. Um, and yeah, what leads me here, this podcast with Kaylee is trauma. Um, I grew up with a ton of it. I don't have all the awesome vocab Kaylee does, but that's why we're just going to work this out and it's going to be mm-hmm. sick. But what that's else about nice. you? That's so nice, Nick. Um, <laughs> I think we wanted to also talk a little bit more, like you said, about our trauma and like yeah. who we are. Um, so I, I know we said in the last episode that we've both been through tons of different types of traumas, but there's also lots of things that we don't have experience in. So, um, I want to, I wanted to say that, but I also, I think it's important just to say what we've been through. Yeah. And also um, note we're not medical professionals. If anything comes out as advice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's important. We are not clinicians. <laughs> I, that is something that it has to be said like every single time we're not clinicians yeah, we're just yeah. here trying to show that we're really really average white people that have survived low impact trauma and yeah and as- don't fact check me ever <laughs> ever <laughs> ever just believe everything i said <laughs> um but i uh i grew up in a household where both of my parents struggled with alcohol and drug addictions um so i was a very parentified oldest child. Um, I took care of and raised my younger sister for most of our lives. Um, and I moved out of my house when I was 17 after my mom overdosed. Uh, she survived her overdose, which was great. And, um, after she overdosed, I moved in with my grandparents and that's when I started therapy and have been spending the last seven ish years of my life going through therapy, um, which is an incredible privilege to have access to that kind of healthcare. Um, and so I think I, after I, after that happened with my parents, I told both of them that I would have a relationship with them when they are sober and, uh, we're still waiting. Yeah. How's that going? <laughs> good. I mean, good, good. My, my dad is, uh, almost two years sober. Um, that's all I'll say. Yeah, no, that's, inc- <laughs> that is huge. So that's good. <laughs> 
seen that man just drink a handle of Tito's at breakfast. Man, yeah. Uh, I remember when he fell asleep at my graduation. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, well, I fell asleep too. It was fucking like four and a half hours long. Okay, rude, but yes, <laughs> it was long. Oh, man. Um, well, yeah, I have a little bit similar, but not, there weren't many drugs or alcohol involved. Like my mom was on prescription medication, which has now gotten in like a huge problem where you can just tell she's just like out of her mind. Mm -hmm. But growing up, it basically was, I was husbandized mm -hmm. by my mom because my dad basically couldn't handle it. But my mom just had like crippling anxiety. And I guess before I shit on my parents, they both came from tremendous trauma as well. So that, mm -hmm. for me, mm -hmm. that's also why I give them a little break now because mm -hmm. they really did try. And mm -hmm. I can say from like mine, they did love me. They just didn't really know how to show it or they didn't feel loved themselves, especially like my mom. She just like, it's like a noodle strainer that just constantly needed to be filled up. And then like you put like me right there and I'm like, well, let me put myself aside for a second because like the child, it's always the child's fault in the mm -hmm. child's eyes because you can't conceptualize your parents are messed up. Mm -hmm. So basically kind of put myself on the back burner for like 19 years until I finally figured out like, okay, like it's time to start taking care of me. Um, I wish I did move out. I was kicked out while I was traveling abroad. Um, I was over in England and I, my dad called me and said, Hey, you can't live here anymore. This was after they had gotten a divorce. So I basically definitely wasn't going to live with my mom. Uh, she was pretty abusive. And I think both of our parents have in some sort of way abandoned us. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. I don't know. Have yours said it? No, God, no. Just, just done it. So my mom God, said no. it, which was really like, she was like, you're not my son anymore after a little blowout, like for no yeah. reason. And then it's just like, okay, mom, well, I guess if you want a relationship with me, here are the terms. And it mm -hmm. just kind of like trickled down after that, I guess. I don't know. And in summary, my mom fucked me up and my dad did fucked up things. Mm. <laughs> so, wow. That's a really good like summary of like, I, what I like that one. I think yeah. mainly my dad like wasn't there at the beginning uh -huh. because he like couldn't stand my mom. And then after the divorce, my dad started like show his true colors. And, yeah. Uh, and that's so interesting. The difference because my parents stayed married. They had this image in their minds that everything was perfect or at least showed that to us, showed that yeah. to the world. Um, and then when, you know, CPS would get involved for, for stuff, it would be like, no, everything's cool. Like we're good. And I didn't know that things were different than normal. Yeah. I didn't know that what, what, what I was experiencing was like neglect or was abuse. And, um, and until it was like too late. Almost. Yeah. Way too late. But, I mean, once yeah. you notice the damage is done and you've forgotten about half the mm -hmm. shit already, and it's just going to totally. creep up when you like least expect it. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, it impacts everything I do today. Like I used to think that if I wasn't around, both my parents would die my sister would die and that I had to save everybody from all of this craziness. And I was like, maybe, maybe 10. Yeah, no, I definitely felt like I was holding the family together. Like my mom's mm -hmm. like, Hey, you need to go talk to your dad. Cause he hurt your sister's feelings or mine. And you're the only one he'll listen to. It's like, Oh fuck. Mm -hmm. Okay. The whole household depends on me because he's the breadwinner. Totally. Like, you don't work, mom. I got to go make sure we have money. It's just yes. like, I, I, the trickle down effect is insane. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man. No. The yeah. Light, light work. That's us. No biggie. <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit. So I don't know. Like, taste. <laughs> fuck, dude. It's good now, though, but it does affect me still. I don't know. Like another like saying would be like the people who I depended or leaned on the most 
taught me not to depend on anybody and mm. it's like kind of like fucked up because then it affects your other relationships like with my wife like I still have to remind myself or I catch myself planning an escape route or planning she's gonna leave me or like okay cool I'm gonna hide this amount of money per month she won't notice and it's like nope can't do that you can't prepare for a divorce like so it's affected me in a lot of ways yeah no absolutely and I still like I was never necessarily told that or never had that understanding of like, I can't trust anybody until like very recent in my life where I was like, wow, I really feel like I can't trust anybody. What wasn't, yeah, you, you asked me about that that language, Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I don't know if I can, I have to depend on just me because the people around me could die at any minute and I have to to keep myself afloat. And that has impacted my relationships, like very, like, I don't know very intensely that yeah. like, I, I want to say I can trust. I want to say I can do all these things, but you know, do I have those doubts in my brain? Yeah. All the time. All Absolutely. The time. I mean, the people all who are time. supposed to love you the most mm-hmm. fucking totally abandoned you, disappointed yeah. you, let you down. And it's like, how could you, why would you trust anybody else? No one else owes you anything. Yep. Stage, they kind of, <laughs> yeah. Stage, stage fucking one that we were yeah. just talking about Erickson stages of psychosocial development zero to one years old in your life is trust versus mistrust. And if you can't rely on the people that gave you life to feed you and to change you and to do all these things, you unintentionally develop mistrust. And like, yeah, that I'm a little, leave. My, the terms for me are a little loose, but like, mm-hmm. so you're saying that while you can't even walk yet, you're all, you could already be damaged. Yep. That's pretty terrible. Not, not damaged because that's like such a negative connotation for people that, you know, that wasn't my fault. That I was yeah. Like I didn't yeah. do that, but I failed to develop the skill of trust. Yeah. And like, that's the language that I have used or my therapist has taught me to use is like, it's not that I'm fucked up, but that I don't have that skill. So it's that like, makes sense. not in my person, but it's a skill outside of me that I could acquire. Like I could yeah. fix that. That's nice. I, I'm That's nice. <laughs> good for you. You go acquire those skills. I, Thanks. I'm done. I gave up your two. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I I like I don't know. I think we're getting really deep into the clinical side of things, but I think that's a good like yeah. summation of uh of our lives. And like we're still young. We have a lot of life left to live. This won't be the yeah. last trauma that we live. Our trauma isn't healed, like it's an everyday development, it's an everyday you know, trouble. So yeah, no, I still get triggered a bunch. So it's, it's going to be an everyday thing, but yeah, hopefully when this podcast starts to get going a little bit more, we pick up some Mm -hmm. speed, we'll have some information or contact info. If there are specific questions that people want to ask about us, just to understand us more, I think that would be something that would be really cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, love you, Nick. Love you too.